Boomkit Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the summer of 1943, President Franklin D. Roosevelt's clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts upheld their mission to defend the free world from Nazi villainy. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Attack on AeroQuest. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she and Brassy Battalion had just discovered that Nev, Thomas's love from jolly old England, was working with SCAR against her will. Or was she? Well, I don't know. Nor do we, Dixie. We can only hope that time will tell. After Joseph's fleet knockout of the escaping Nev, they placed her securely in a locked closet and debated her fate. Listen. So let me get this straight. While Freudenberg and Withersby and me were off tinkering with the limey lady's plane, she was mean, then nice, then tried to kill Tommy and then Joey hit her in the head with a pan of pasta? That about sums it up, Frank. I can't leave you kids alone for five minutes, can I? I'm older than you are, Mr. McGuff. So? Ain't nothing says my kids have to be younger than me, is there? Well, actually... So what are we gonna do with her? Now that we've got her where we want her, and that closet where we've got her... We've got to figure out if she's telling the truth. I have to know. The truth? Which truth? She's told us so many different stories. It's impossible to know. Well, one of them's gotta be true, right? I mean, she can't be lying about all of them, can she? Why not? If you're going to make up one fabrication, why not more? It seems to me we really have no way to know. In Russia, we have ways of making people talk. Perhaps I could find out. Talking she does. Truthin', she don't. I appreciate the offer, Benedict. I do, but aren't your methods rather violent? Die at times. But there are other ways involving restraints and domination. Goodness, Benny, I didn't know you'd been reading my diary. Your watery? Mr. McGuff. I do believe our refitting and sundry modifications have been completed. Yeah, it was difficult, but the work on Dixie's plane has been completed. Plane? What plane? My plane? (laughs) What did you do to my plane? Your plane is still here, Dix. And still a Thunderbolt. Good, because I really wasn't looking forward to having your teeth scratching up my knuckles as I expressed my displeasure. No, I miss Dixie, I assure you. All right, then. Let's see it. And so, Freudenberg led Dixie and the battalion members out into the hangar proper, where sat four gleaming thunderbolts. What? There's supposed to be five thunderbolts! Frank! Relax, Dix. Your plane is up front. Keep walking. Dixie walked through the hangar, weaving around the other planes, and came to a stop before her thunderbolt. This was the same thunderbolt Dixie had come to call her own since that fateful day when she took it on that first test flight over a year ago. But somehow, it had lost its luster. Hey, wait a sec. My plane ain't sparkling as much as normal. Not only that, it appears darker. Why, it's almost brown. I like it. He's manly. I ain't no man. I wouldn't call it manly. But it's certainly going to make you stand out. Dixie is always flying lead anyway, so it's not like that will give anything away to Scar. Hey, why did she get a brown plane and not me? You don't even know that it does! That don't mean I ain't deserving of it. Mr. Scalzetti, 
on the day when you dismayingly, disappointingly, dishearteningly are the leader of this fine troop of pilots, will discuss your procurement of Miss Stenberg's aircraft. Now that's what I'm talking about. As the battalion discussed this curious new development, quiet footsteps slowly made their way through the hangar. Oh, and hey, I noticed somebody did the plan wrong. You what? Yeah, you know the plan. It wasn't done right. Does anyone know what he's talking about? Joey, we didn't have any special plan. Yeah, yes we did. Somebody wasn't paying attention. Joseph, we have really got no idea what you are talking about. Duh, you are, how you say, not making quite the sense. Come on, you ain't playing me for a fool. We're doing it just like we did last time. What is it we're doing that we did last time that you're doing again like we did before? Huh? What is it that we're doing, Joseph? Are you all pranking me or something? All I did was unlock the door. What door? There's lots of doors. The hangar door, boss's office doors, the bathroom doors, the bunk doors, the kitchen door, my workshop doors, the trap doors. The trap what? I said too much. The closet, okay? The closet door? What closet door? The linen closet? The hall closet? Boss's closet? Wait. Not the one we put Nev in. Of course that one. That's the plan. Joey, I'm gonna slug you into Saturday. But why would you do that? So we can follow her back to her base, just like we did with Bill. Remember? That's not what we were doing. We were just keeping her locked up until we figured out what to do with her. Nav, we... Oh. I gherkin. Quickly, to check the closet. She's gone. Nev? Nev! Nice going, Tommy. Now she knows that we know she's gone. Oh. Whoops. We've got to find her. Spread out and search the hangar. The battalion fanned out in search of the escaped prisoner. Quietly, they crept through dank corners and dark shadows. Until... There! The workbench by Dixie's plane! Hurry! Before she escapes! She'll run off any second! Why she is not moving? Nev? My plane? What did you do to my plane? Oh, well, yeah. We brought it back from the crash site, and I was able to take the fancy black plating on the hull and apply it to Dixie's plane and- <laughs> You stripped my plane! That is the price you pay for getting shot down! And being a Nazi! You're a traitor to your people. I'm a- No, that would be you. Let him go, Nev. How am I supposed to get back without a plane? You're not. That's the point. If I don't get back, they'll know something's wrong. They gotta know that by now anyway. Then it's too late. I failed. Failed what? Your dastardly plan to get us all killed? My plan was to save you. What? Why am I hearing planes? Because they're coming for me. Like I told you they would. And now, despite my best efforts, you're all going to be killed anyway. And now, a word from our sponsor, the Germain Umket Industries. 
My fellow Dramatic Radio Presentation enthusiasts, I bring you good news this day. You're so very kind. Well, of course I am. I work for Umkit Industries, and from them, why, you'd expect nothing less. Nothing. Uncle Umkit's kind, yes it's true. Never thinks of himself, only thinks of you. Let me tell you about a remedy that thousands of people now use to get quick relief from aches and pain caused by headaches, neuralgia, and unfortunate bodily collisions with heavy aircraft. Uh, not to interrupt. But are you an expert on the subject? Why, no, I'm not. But I'm glad you asked. Let's get an expert in here. Who is that begoggled man in a grease-smeared jumpsuit? It is I, Brassy Battalion's own resident mechanic and Mr. Fix-It-Up, Friedemann Freudenberg. He's talented, he's handsome, he's never kin or ransom. Thank goodness for that. We are so very fortunate to have you with us today, for you are something of an expert on pain, are you not, Mr. Freudenberg? Yeah, am I ever. The ladies slam into the plane, the robot needs fixing, the planes need fixing, the squeaky silverware door in the kitchen needs fixing, the toilet needs fixing, and the boss yells a lot, too. Freudenberg. Yeah, boss? Stick to the commercial script. Yeah, boss. However, do you cope? Well, it is easy when you know you are doing good on fighting the Nazis and helping to cleanse Germany on the entire earth of a great evil. Not to mention the tender loving hands of Miss Lily. Not to mention Hedeprin, you mean? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that too. People use Hedeprin because the results are truly astonishing! The reason so many people rely on Hedeprin is that it was first suggested to them by their physician, dentist, or aircraft mechanic. And who would know better? Perhaps you at some time have been handed an envelope containing Hedeprin tablets. Happens to me every day, as a matter of fact. But if you have not discovered Hedeprin through this channel, then by all means discover it for yourself. Any way will do. For your own sake, to get quick relief, Hedeprin is certainly worth a trial. Of course, there's a reason Hedeprin is so effective. It is made up of a combination of medically proved and tested ingredients, not just one. Why, it's like a doctor's prescription that way. A prescription does often call for a combination of different ingredients. Now you're on the trolley. Try Hedeprin on this basis. If the first few tablets fail to give you the quick relief you want, you may return the unused portion. And your money will be refunded? There's always a chance. And if you still need convincing, just remember that the most active ingredient in Hedeprin is... Hedda Seltzer. Hello? I'm a highly educated and very smart robot. And when I get headaches, I choose Hedda Seltzer. And anything it's in. Including Hedeprin. Apply directly to the forehead. Thanks for calling, robot. So for headaches, neuralgia, and unfortunate bodily collisions with heavy aircraft, get a supply of Hedeprin at any drugstore today and have it on hand. If your aching body has got you down, don't give in and start to frown. Just turn that pound upside down, buy Hedeprin by the pound. We now return to our program in the skies over Southern California as the fearsome Zeta Squadron closes in on AeroQuest Dynamics. And look sharp, Zeta Squadron, for we shall arrive momentarily. And I will crush their bones and mix the powder into my beer. And I shall slice them from temple to toe and laugh as they die. <laughs> and I should like to know more about this beer. We have some back at the base, yeah? Keep your focus, Wolfbear. You don't always have to yell at me. Why do you always yell at me? Why indeed? We should end him and put us out of our misery. Does that mean I can land and go find the beer? Quiet, you imbeciles. Frenny will tolerate no further failures, so we must succeed. 
lest one of us end up taking a deep-sea blue-goo bath, if you follow my meaning. And we deserve as much for gross incompetence. We shall not fail. First onward for the glory of Scar. Oh, I like baths. Remember to be careful. If it's too valuable to lose, I won't have her killed accidentally by your mental defectiveness. And absolutely no bombs. Yeah, good. Only, well, uh, one thing. Out with it already. I have the uh, special bomb. I should not drop that one too, then. One's not really a bomb. So I am to not really drop it? Drop it, Walter. You know how stupid I am about bombs. Drop it, Walter. If I could just get some sort of confirmation. Whose idea was it to give him the bomb? Drop it, Walter! Quickly, the bomb, which was not a bomb, fell streaking through the sky like an angry hornet, clanging into the ground a hundred meters from the main hangar at AeroQuest Dynamics. What in tarnation is that? A dud? Oh no. Sky has adopted our tactics. What is that coming out? A green woman? With a wheel where her feet should be? your movements, stinking flesh creatures, the day may pulverize your viral organics into sticky paste. It's another robot. Run! Ha! 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 Take me to your cake! As Ferdinberg and Cornelius ran for the hangar, Brassy Battalion started their engines and taxied onto the runway. Move! 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 We're out of time! I can't get off the ground! They shot my tires out! <laughs> they almost got me. My canopy is cracked. My fuel, it is leaking everywhere. The bullets have ignited the fuel. My plane's encircled by flames. Damn it, Alta, hell. You guys get out of there and take cover. What are you doing, Comrade Dixie? Live to fight another day. Don't do it, Dixie. It's four to one, Dixie. Be reasonable. Joey? If anyone can take him, Toots. You can. Go get him. <laughs> now let's see how tough you are, you Nazi mucks. With a year's worth of pent-up frustration coursing through her veins, Dixie flew like a woman possessed. I was born for this. Hotel! Moves like a bird I cannot target. I like birds. You want me? Come and get me. You can't run forever, Miss Stenberg, nimble though you may be. Dodging and weaving through the sky, Billingsley kept the pace. You will not escape me this time. Who says I'm trying to? Slowing down? <laughs> Marvelous. You've come to accept your fate, and you know you've met your better in Reginald Billingsley. And you cannot possibly win, and so you're begging for a quick end. Lucky for you, Miss Denberg, that I am in a generous mood. You talk too much, Bill. 
back on the ground as the Brassy Battalion members take shelter in the hangar. Freudenberg emerges with the robot in tow. Danger, danger, danger! Whoa, weep, alarm. Yeah, we know, danger, danger. Weep, uh, blame, alarm, alarm, alarm. Where is the danger? There, look, it approaches quickly. Is that Nebulon? It, you, you know each other? Nebulon has broken the sacred robotic endowment section 513. The what? Never attack a fellow robot's friend. Yeah! Good luck, robot. Now, what happened to Cornelius? What indeed? As he promised, Cornelius had indeed been up to something while not able to fly with the battalion. Using his considerable wealth and the schematics and knowledge of Archibald Withersby, they had a very special installation to unveil. You two be careful up there. The blast shields will only shield you from so much. And there's plenty it won't shield you from. We are astutely, sagaciously, perspicaciously aware of that fact, Mr. McGuff. But your concern is so duly noted. Huh? Thanks, Frank. Yeah, you got it. Ready? Let's pie their faces. Frank cranked the metal gears as hard as he could, straining against the weight. Move faster, damn it. Slowly, he built up momentum, the crank spinning around and around, lifting the platform with Cornelius and Withersby into the air. Look there, out the window. What the heck is going on? It looks like the desert is cracking. An earthquake? No, look, giant metal doors. Swinging up from the ground, heavy steel doors cracked upwards from the dry earth followed by Cornelius and Withersby, seated side by side on the platform, upon which was mounted... Anti-aircraft artillery! (laughs) Take that, you vile Nazis! Watch your aim! We mustn't hit Dixie! And barely 20 yards from Cornelius and Withersby, two robotic gladiators met on the field of battle. How can you consult with the greasy bio-apes? You're not one of them! How can you like cake? You have no stomach. Silence! (laughs) And in the skies, Billingsley grew ever closer to Dixie's slowing, tawny thunderbolt. A new color for your plane, eh, Dixie? To make you stand out? To grab all the glory? That ain't my style. No matter. You'll be pushing up the daisies soon enough. What? You should be falling out of the sky, cursing the name of Reginald Billingsley, your aeronautic better in every way. Ah, take a powder, Bill. Dixie slowed her plane further, nearly stalling out as Billingsley overshot her and flew out ahead. Quickly, he tried to angle his Fock Wolf 190 back towards Dixie. Curse you, Dixie Thinberg, where are you? Much too late for the deaf Dixie and her lightning reflexes, she had already sped up and had passed him in the other direction. Hold it still, you infernal gnat! Executing a perfect scissors maneuver, Dixie had now traded places with Billingsley and had him in her sights. This is inconceivable! You should have been shot down! But I ain't. All thanks to the... Let me guess. Gumption, resoluteness, courage... Well, what is it then? The what? The... Amber Avenger. 
This production has starred Renee Christine Jones as Dixie Stenberg. What? You can't end the episode there. Mark Zaracor as Frank McGuff. It's just cruel and all mean like is what that is. Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. What's going to happen to me? I must know. Someone tell me. <coughs> all right. Very funny. Who was that? Why is it so dark in here? <coughs> Ow! Jeremiah McCoy as Archibald Withersby. I got to shoot something. What was that? Barely. I mean only that I highly delighted in executing duress upon your evil Nazi posteriors. Mm-hmm. Pete Mylan as Freudenberg. Oh, Billingsley gives me headaches. I need more hedeprin. Mmm, that's the stuff. John Solzbach as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. I told you I was up to something. Yes, you're very smart. Why, thank you, son. No, that's not what I meant. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. What about me? I'm very smart, right? Right? What, are you still sore about that closet thing? Sorry. Jeez. Chris Britton as Thomas Galen. Nev. Oh, Nev. 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 Perry Whittle as Benedict Eterchenko. We will find her. Worry not. Then I'll... uh, I will just worry about not worrying. You worry too much. Alicia Lane Matheson as Lily LaRue. Can I have a head of Prince Friedemann? Oh, Miss Lily, are you alright? Are you feeling ill? I'm fine, honey. I just want anything with your face on it as close to me as possible. Oh, I am touched. Sickening! Catherine Pride as Geist. Volker! <gasps> Another episode without me? Find me whoever is writing this thing! Justin Dobby as Volker. I would, only my feelings are hurt, and I'm not sure if I could. Name, address, phone number! He must be destroyed! Oh goodness, a villain's work is never done. Not even after the show's over and we're just doing the credits. Era Pelodi as Ursula Unger. So what? We just have to hang out in our planes? Suspended in the sky? Until the next episode? David Alexander McDonald as Walter Falkenstein. I like skies. Kevin Hoskins as Radolf Pelzer. I hate you, Valta. I like you too, Radolf. M. Sierra Garcia as Nev. Well, I wonder where I ran off to. That's going to come back and haunt someone, I'll bet. Yeah? Okay, I'm an idiot. I get it already. Julie Goldstein as the robot. And a one, and a two, and a one, two. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon. Stop! Your artificial brain can perform literally tens of calculations per minute. You need not count aloud. Three, four. I shall use you to make a robotic oven for me to bake more cake. Kristen Bays as the Umket triplets. Robot fights, plane flights at great heights, villains and tights. It's the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Show. We don't wear tights. Speak for yourself. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. You know what this production needs? More cockpit. More ladies in the commercials. Take note, Mr. Riderman. This is Seth Adam Sher. Stay tuned next time as the Amber Avenger cuts her teeth on Nazi Hide. Only at Pendant Audio 
Stenberg.com. You've been listening to a pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you by Hedaprin. If your aching body has got you down, don't give in and start to frown. Just turn that pound upside down, buy Hedaprin by the pound. Recommended by all local aircraft mechanics. Stay safe, America, and good night. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Scher. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2007, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.